Coming up, we went to a celebration of Harry Potter 2017, and boy, did we celebrate. Live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 115 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host with the most, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside my Potter puppet pal, you know, my, Rhino. My friends actually I, I made know. those videos. I know. Okay. I know. We talk about it every time we bring it yeah, up. Back from Massachusetts. A celebration of Potter puppet pals. Mm-hmm. That's what we should do next week. Dumbledore! <laughs> 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 Walk in just, circles. Just do the whole show as the puppets. Uh, <laughs> just we'll get really low mics, or we'll put the mics under the table and just have the puppets up, and we'll do shots. Man, do? why don't we have production meetings ahead of time? What do you want to do for your birthday, Neville? Walk in circles. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Potter Puppet Pals, don't go watch it now. Wait till the show's over and go do that. We'll pick our best, our favorite Potter Puppet Pals uh, clips and make Sad sure they're on the show notes me. for you. Yeah. And back on the controls uh mr oliver green hello, hello. everyone how are we all doing good. guys we doing good today i'm good i'm good yeah very good i'm all all it's like hypnotizing no it's snape, snape. <laughs> severus snape dumbledore <laughs> He oh. goes like this. Dumbledore. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yes. Um, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and apologize up front to everyone. This will obviously be a very Harry Potter centric episode as this is all about a celebration of Harry Potter 2017. Our thoughts on it. We'll kind of give you a rough idea of what all took place throughout the weekend, our experience with it, and uh, tie it all up with whether or not uh, we think it really worked out in general and whether it should uh, be coming back next year. Uh, We heard that there were surveys being uh, kind of passed around here and there uh, asking people, is this something you might want to see more frequently throughout the year? Uh, So we'll kind of go into discussions on all of that because, uh, you know, it's it's definitely... If only Oliver had seen some of the movies. I have seen, I pretty much believe, all of them. It's only one or two I think I've not seen. The, You've been the, on the WB Studio Tour London, right? Yes, yeah, I did yeah. do that, yes. The ambivalence to I might have seen them all, I'm pretty sure, is pretty much the stamp on how you feel about them. But, I mean, at least he has been to the WB Studio Tour thing, so. That's where friend, Friends was filmed there, yeah. What? <laughs> just, <laughs> just trying to make people's heads explode. Um, yeah. It's not doing a good job at it. But it was filmed um, in the one here. Yeah, before I, I will, I'll try to break this up a little bit though. Before we jump into all this Potter talk and go crazy hectic with Potter, uh, we will go over the only news item that we really have for today. And that is that yesterday we were uh, told via the Universal Orlando Twitter account that everyone will now get free parking at CityWalk. After 6 p.m. starting yesterday, except for Halloween Horror Night event nights. 
Yeah, everyone. So, uh, so basically, you know, it's if you're unfamiliar with how Universal Orlando works, we've talked about it in past episodes. But uh, basically, CityWalk is the main hub that you actually show up at. Uh, it's not like Walt Disney World where you have two theme parks. Uh, you know, in this case, it would be Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. They both don't have their own separate. Uh, parking lots, and then City Walk has its own parking lot too. It's not like that. There are two parking garages that they connect via moving walkways that you've heard me rant about many times before. How people just stand on them. Uh, they eventually meet into City Walk, where then you have all access to City Walk as well as stretching out to the two theme parks, and you can get to all the hotels uh, via City Walk as well too. And it's a it's a great structure. Um, in terms of how all of that works, but because it's this, these two parking garages serve all of this area. Um, there is a charge for everything. Unlike, you know, going to Disney Springs where, uh, there was, there is no charge for parking there. Uh, city walk did have it. So, um, and it's, you know, normal costs, uh, that it is, I believe it's $20 right now for, uh, regular parking. And then if you want, premium parking it's 25 something like that whoa hey nice to see, nice to hear me um and then valet's 30 and you know we have the, all the parking details i didn't bring that up but in the past um after six o'clock p.m it was five dollars if you showed up and then free after 10 o'clock if you're a florida resident uh, and you had your Florida ID, your driver's license after six, it was free. But now that is open to absolutely everyone, um, which is honestly a really, really great thing. So, and the big reason is uh, you've heard us constantly love and show praise to a lot of these uh, City Walk restaurants. Um, and now this really opens up the door for people to get over there and actually try them out. Uh, you know, it's. It's it makes them even cheaper, even more affordable. Excuse me, not cheaper. Inexpensive. Yes. Exactly. It I was, always use that word interchangeably, and I know it doesn't mean the same thing. It was always terribly difficult for me, even though we mm -hmm. love something like uh, Tusum or NBC or Cowfish, any of those. You know, when we have our, our Disney World fans, people who are going to Disney World, but they're thinking about maybe coming over to Universal to try out a restaurant before they really, you know even think about visiting the parks or anything uh a lot of times you got the question well you know i know i have to park is it worth it and for me that's hard because i don't like paying for parking at anything if i can avoid it um so well, especially if nowhere validates exactly like if i'm paying for it but i you know it's like when you go to the movie theater downtown if you've ever been there yes. like i like yeah. the theater it's very nice but you have to pay to park in the parking garage yes and they validate which makes it a little better but you still have to pay in the yeah. end so it's still a couple more bucks and you're like I already paid so much for the movie. And so, like, with these restaurants, you know, you could always recommend to someone who's staying on Disney World property uh, coming over and saying, well, after six, it's only $5. But that's still, like, if they end up having a terrible experience, everything, I don't want that to be the the icing on the cake. And I had to pay to park for it. And granted, I know in the, the grand scheme of things, $5 is not that much. Um but, you know, if you're scraping the bottom of the bucket just to come up with money for a vacation, the last thing you need to worry about is $5 for parking. Um, especially when at a place like Tusum, you can get an entree for $14. So, 
you know, when you start le- looking at it in that way, five dollars that's that's a third of your meal that you're just paying alone to park. So, um, I. I think this is great for that reason. I hope that now it will open up and all those people who are staying maybe on International Drive, just off property around Walt Disney World or at Walt Disney World, this will be kind of the push. If you have a rental car and you are always kind of holding off on it, take advantage of this deal. Um, you know, we've we've compared and contrast, contrasted at points in time. Uh, what's better, Disney Springs, City Walk? You know, it's really tough. We were kind of talking about this right before the show. As much as Disney Springs has really pushed forward to come up with unique and different dining experiences um, with places like Morimoto, uh, Homecoming, Frontera Cucina, uh, now Guy Fieri's Planet Hollywood Observatory. Uh, you know, there's. I don't know a- that it's his. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's let's face make is that. All over. Yeah, let's make that clear. He helped with certain menu items. He's it's a, not he's his. He's got a half a page. He's he's got in the middle of their menu a centerfold with his face. A centerfold. There, it's not a centerfold. He's got a picture he's all got, on one page. Topless. <laughs> There's more of him, his actual body, like a visual picture of his body on that menu than there are items he created in the menu. Yes, true. So <laughs> I um <laughs> so I personally, while there are a lot of great dining opportunities at uh at Disney Springs, um I, I still firmly believe that City Walk is the better place to go for dining. Um, the The prices are a lot more reasonable than you will find at Absolutely. Disney Springs. A lot more reasonable when when it basically costs the same amount of money to eat at Deluxe Burger that it does at Tusum. You're gonna go with Tusum any day of the week, um, and you know while Disney has all the high end shopping. That just doesn't appeal to me. I don't. I would never shop there. I still, if I go and I shop at Disney Springs, I'm going to the stuff that sells Disney related items, not not any of the other stores around there. You know, I've gone into Uniqlo, but um, you know, it's it's more for the browsing around and looking at the. Yes, Oliver, I do understand that. That's where you buy all your clothes. <laughs> So, but that's that's a bigger, a bigger uh, discussion beyond this. So, yeah, essentially, I just I, you know, I think people should take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, don't don't feel like City Walk doesn't have anything for you if you're looking for a good meal. Um, if you want a theater, I know you're kind of having a discussion about this right now. Um, the not all of the the actual theaters themselves at Universal's AMC are in the best condition. I would say they are on the same level as the quality of the ones over at Disney Springs. I bet I bet that's um, the next thing to get, like a uh, oh yeah, over, a remodel or a yeah. renovation or something. I, I absolutely sure. agree with that. Um, I, I would say they're comparable to the AMC at Disney Springs in terms of the quality of the actual the screen, speaker system, everything inside. Um, not the best experience you could ever have in a movie theater, but whereas if you're used to going to Disney Springs and finding that you ha- barely can choose any seats I, okay. because it's always busy, that does not happen at Universal's. Yeah, and I'll I'll lay that out too because it, it the the one thing that the Disney that the they're both AMC, they're the yeah. same theater. So the one at Disney Springs that it has over the one at Universal is the dining option, the yes. fork and screen. And if you're not going to do fork and screen at at the Disney Theater, I would say that 
the Disney Springs and Universal are like my least preferred places to go see movies. Yeah. Unless uh, unless I'm doing the dining experience. Yeah. But yeah. No, but even I like going at Universal. Um I'd prefer Universal over that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean Honestly, we've talked about it before too. Our favorite theater is the uh, the the, the old, Cinemark, the Cinemark at Artigan that no longer exists. Well, the Just Cinemark Artigan, exists. yeah, that was like, the Cinemark is exist. still open for business. Um, so if you're in town, that's a good place to go. Exactly, and the uh, you know that's our preferred theater. But uh, you know, full disclosure too. I also have a wife who works at Universal, so we get discounted tickets to go there. Well, so. anybody who's like, if you're a Disney employee, if you're yeah. a Universal, anybody who's in the uh, service industry yeah. gets a discount there, which is nice, so. too. So I, I will say that's also that one. That's also an edge for me as well, because yeah. it kind of like gives you a little bit cheaper than going to yeah. to the uh, to the other one. But. So I think there's a lot there. Um, while I still believe that the miniature golf is a bit of a ripoff there, it's a cool theme to it. Um, but you know, this even applies if you're going to see one of the, the concerts at the hard rock right now with this new deal, uh, all these concerts end up happening around seven, eight o'clock. So you can now go and not have to pay for parking. And, uh, you know, there's comedians that come through there all the time besides just concerts. Jay Leno's coming in April, I think as much as I dislike him for what he did to my Conan, I might go see him. I don't know, (laughs) but just take advantage of that deal. I'll stop harping on that because I think we need to start harping on Harry Potter. That sounds like it's going to be, we're going to be mean. I thought you were about to have an awesome segue then, something like, nope, nope, not nope. at all. No, nope. tried yes. to come up with it. We're, we're all, you know, we're going to try hard here, but we're all I in a bit of a food coma. I won't crucio that one, but I, I can't, I can't think of another okay. spell, sorry. Yeah, so for some reason we all made the mistake before we started recording this and doing this to all go to Taco Bell and have the the uh, naked chicken chalupas. Um, and Oliver had three. He's a little piggy. I'll let him know right now that that's 1,300 <laughs> calories he'll never get back. I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. Well, I, I just don't... told you. Um, so, <laughs> Taco Bell's my Patronus. Just <laughs> 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 is a chalupa your patron? What at Taco Bell is your patronus? Now I'm curious. I'm gonna go with the chalupa actually. Just the it's bell? A, it sounds more like Harry Potter thing, like chalupa. Like, you don't <laughs> say the name of your patronus; it just comes out. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about a celebration of Harry Potter 2017, shall we? So this is the fourth year of the event. Um, I think they would say it was the biggest year that they've had so far uh, in terms of uh, they actually had to expand the Expo Center this year uh, mm. into into two different locations. So uh, before it was all just in Soundstage 33, all crammed in together. Now they have moved it into two different sound stages. Um, but still, the basics are the same. Three days of events. Uh, basically a welcome ceremony on Friday night, events all day Saturday, and then events up through, uh, you know, late afternoon into the early evening. About 5 o'clock is the last big event on Sunday. Um, and, you know, throughout the weekend, there was panels with the people who helped make the films, as well as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, there was the the panels with the film talent and uh, a lot of inf- interesting information, uh, even regarding the books. And inside the expos, there was a lot of really, really neat stuff um, just just here and there. I, I mean, it was it's, it is a cool event if you are a diehard Potter fan, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
for everyone else, of course, not know this. It would be like a headache for Oliver. He would just hate every second of being there. Okay, I actually don't hate Harry Potter. Just putting it out there, but I do have a question so far. So I actually uh, stayed away from this event. I tried not to look at stuff purely so I could be the person that has absolutely sure. no knowledge of it coming That's onto the show. Um, say I wasn't a Harry Potter fan. And I was visiting just generally. Does this completely saturate the park, or no. is no. it tucked away enough that I wouldn't even really know about it? You'd, you'd notice because you'd be like, "Man, there's a lot of people in costumes." Yeah, I mean, there's always a lot of people in the costumes. Anyway. No. Is, it, is no. it a bit more no. intense? Yeah, this it's is. Not, a... I'm not talking about people in robes. I'm talking about people like in costume. Yeah. This is this is an event where cosplay is allowed and actually, um, you know, they they want people there. Okay. Um, and there was, you know, there was probably 200 Newt Scamanders walking around. Um, there were, you know, multiple Dumbledores just blowing your mind, multiple Snapes, uh, you know, just very creative costumes. The only one that I think we truly genuinely hated was there was a group oh, of like God, five or yeah. six people. Should have taken a picture. Who just basically threw a black blanket over their heads. Um, attached some cardboard around them and then put like the the pull noodles sticking out the sides and they and it was like they had a half a can of a dollar store black spray paint yeah and they called themselves Aragog and they uh, go the spider oh, Aragog's coming through oh when you, when, you, when you have to say the name of the thing you dressed as so people know what you dressed as you've not done a good job yeah well the thing the thing that was most upsetting is they were eight like. Not even young adults. They were eight, like, 40, 50-year-olds, like, just (laughs) roaming around in a box that clearly had to have been separated and then taped back together. Yeah, and that's that's the bizarre part of this event, too. It really does, it almost, like, transcends your expectations on what ages people will still continue to dress up. Um, Of course, there's little kids dressed up uh, all the way through... You know, drunk ladies in their sixties, probably that. Just, I mean, yeah, you see everyone yeah. at this event. So let's actually dig into the event. What we did, um, I'll try to, I'll try to go through and compare what our, uh, what we were able to do uh, alongside what was actually open. Um, because uh, as we are there as part of invited media, we had a little bit of a different experience and bounced around differently than uh than normal day guests would so uh we'll we'll just we try should... to tie it all together do you want to start and tell about that terrible cast later i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about vivian okay i'm not gonna talk about vivian but if you follow me on twitter you know about vivian you you already know um so let's actually go over the event it started uh this past this past weekend, Friday, January 27th um, and of 2017, the year of our... The rooster. The year of the rooster. Thank you. I, could, I couldn't remember if it was monkey, rooster, pig. No. I, I <laughs> Lunar New Year, man. It's a nasty pig. It's crazy. Um, so, uh, in the morning, we were busy doing our normal work. Didn't get out, but the expo opened up around 9 o'clock and was open uh, all that day through five o'clock uh, they were showing movies at the universal music plaza stage movies. but our night actually started um 
uh, you know, pretty much right around five o'clock and where everyone has to wait until the big opening night event ceremony to see the celebrities. Rhino and I actually got a chance to be a part of an exclusive question and answer session Mm -hmm. with the four celebrities that were there. And if you don't remember which celebrities that were were attending this year, it was uh, Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville Longbottom, Warwick Davis, who plays Professor Phileas Flitwick, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Grip Grip Hook. Hook. And then we had Jason Isaacs, who plays Lucius Malfoy. And then Tom Felton, who plays Draco Malfoy. Yes. And, um, you know, Potter. <laughs> you swine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about how he, that was his. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to get into. I guess are you you gonna you go on? Yeah. So. Well. Okay. So it's we, something he says in this uh, thing, but we are going. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show a, just about five minutes, a little bit of a, a taste of what we got from our Q and A. Uh, we already have all of our videos up at youtube.com slash info from the event. Uh, some of the panels we attended, a look at the expo, which you'll also get to see here, and then a couple of the Q and A uh, sessions. So uh, for for the full rundown on that if you're interested in them they are over there i highly recommend going and taking a look at them a lot of a lot of fun interesting information uh because i think both you and i were very surprised by how good of a group of film talent this actually was this year yeah yeah yeah. they had a lot to say um and it, it it was it was the first time at this event for three out of four of them right tom uh yes jason and um the only person who was Boy. there for a celebration before was Matthew Lewis. Who clearly is just not want to keep doing these. He does not like to keep talking about Harry Potter, I don't think. Yeah, so uh, Matthew Lewis has come for all the celebrations. Uh, Warwick, the last time I believe he was at anything Potter-related was the opening of Diagon Alley. Um, and then... Uh, Jason Isaacs, the last time he was there, was for the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 DVD release that I was actually – I was working the day that that event happened because that was almost like the first time they dipped their toes in the waters of like a Harry Potter celebration. All the film talent was there. That was before Diagon Alley was open. Yes, that was before Diagon Alley. They had the Today Show was actually there and they, they oh, were yeah, filming I remember this. I remember sequences. That. It was actually, it was really cool. And uh, Tom Felton, the last time I believe he was in town was for the opening of Diagon Alley as well. So um, no, did they bring, did they, or, or for the media event before the, so sorry, I, I you, you, okay. I, you yeah. were at the to public. Experience. I was at, yeah, sorry. You at I, the I forgot opening. that they had like yeah. that other one that then nobody ever showed up for anything else to do with it after that. Yeah, you were at the public grand opening. I was at the official grand opening. Yeah. And I was at the one you were at too. We didn't know each other then. I know, it's weird. We were probably crossing our before we even knew it. Mm. Harry Potter, the one. I should have gross. said something else. Um, our Patronuses were probably passing in the night. Okay. Gross. That's not okay. even worse. We're done. <laughs> it's the name of my next um, studio album. We're done. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> uh, so because because uh, all these celebrities were new to a celebration of Harry Potter, uh, the one thing it did was it pulled Matthew Lewis out of his grumpy Gus shell just yeah. a little bit. Not not totally. He was still acting like he was too cool for school, but um, but for the most part, there was Jason Isaacs 
might be the most enthralling person I've ever oh sat gosh, and listened yeah. to. Um, they could have made he could have been the only star here this weekend, uh, and yeah. I would have just been floored with it all. So um, we'll give you just a little bit of taste here of what we got to hear on that first night, and we'll continue talking about them as we go along. So for anyone who is listening to this, uh, if you uh, where you're going to still be able to listen to this too, so. Um, as I said before, if you want to see the full thing, though, you'll have to go to YouTube. So let's roll it. Yeah, it's lovely to see families celebrating the films here as well. You know, you've got, you've got parents who are obviously fans of the films who've had kids, even kids as young, that they, they wouldn't have even been born when the last film came out. There was a, a little girl this morning with her mum, and her mum was dressed, dressed as... Um, uh, who is the, the who looked after the plants? What, Madam um, Sprout? Sprout, Professor Sprout, she was dressed as. And then her little girl was dressed as a mandrake in a flower pot. The little girl, I think, was really confused. Why am I in a flower pot? But nonetheless, it looked great. And uh, it's, it's just terrific seeing generations now experience. And older people. There's a lot of people on mobility scooters and stuff. I'm, I'm, Absolutely. You know, in their 80s and 90s and stuff. Uh, I'm not sure I can think of anything else that, that draws that many people together. Yeah, it's nothing. It was a Dumbledore and a mobility scooter. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was great, great outfits. People just getting involved. And, you know, it's... Um, just some of the costumes, they're better than the ones we had some of them. So, we're all fans of Harry Potter and we love it and it's amazing. So, what are you guys fans of besides Harry Potter? It could be a sports team, it could be a movie, it could be a band. Like, if you could say, like, I'm a fan of this, what would that be? It changes daily, obviously, but um, passions, if you will, like guitars, music. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, I think, playing guitar. I'm a huge fan of that, if that's a thing. I'm a tennis junkie. So <laughs> one of the reasons I'm a little bit punch drunk today is I was awake all night watching Nadal play and get through to the final, and he's playing Federer on Sunday, which is a strange kind of back to the future moment for all of us. Um, I'm hoping that Bill Clinton's coming back as president as well. So, <laughs> but I, I play it, I, I don't just watch every stroke of every major and minor tournament, I stand when I watch it. So I was standing till about 5.30 this morning, probably tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's weirder. Yeah, I feel like it's disrespectful to sit Why down. Why do you stand up? Just because... I just kind of in the moment, I feel do like you, I'm caught with them. Do you do the... Yeah. You end up like... <laughs> with a red towel in between sets, do. rubbing himself down. <laughs> anyway, I'm a tennis junkie. I, I think it's the ultimate warrior sport. Apart from people who actually beat each other to death. <laughs> well, I, I dare I say it within these walls, but I, I'm actually at heart a true Star Wars fan. Oh. <laughs> I've only booed the tennis. Because <laughs> I don't play well, but you are in Star Wars. Well, no, no, but it's not because of that. It's because at seven years old I went to see Star Wars and it, it had a huge impact on me as a seven-year-old child, yeah. having only seen Bambi in the cinema before that. So it, it, it was amazing. And um, just when I see the movies now, I just see them still as a fan and I'm in awe of, of everything I, I see on screen and uh, I just love the escapism of it. You know? Which is, so having been a part of the franchise for as long as you have... No, I'm stopping. Like franchises sell burgers. <laughs> franchises, when someone makes a film with a bunch of play, they blow a bunch of stuff up, takes money to the cinema, they add another film on, another Roman numeral, they add The Rock or whatever the hell it is until nobody buys tickets anymore. We were part of an amazing story that was broken into eight parts. And, and having been a part of that story and the evolving wizarding world as it's continuing to grow, what are your hopes and aspirations for that world as it continues to evolve? He wants Malfoy world, don't you? <laughs> no, I, I think there should be a Malfoy Manor ride, uh, certainly. Nothing, I just hope, 
my 11 year old just read all the books uh, again. And I just hope that the stories continue, people watch the films in whatever new, you know, scratch and sniff virtual reality formats come out. And I just, uh, what was amazing making them, considering that they are, yes, they're big commercial projects, is there wasn't a trace of cynicism from anybody involved that we ever met. On the set, even though, you know, that it's not like making an indie movie, we all do it for love, we all part of the back of a van, there's thousands of trailers and, you know, miles of sets and stuff. We were all as big a fans of the stories and the characters uh, as any of you or any of the people who turned up this week or anybody anywhere queuing up at midnight for the book. And that, I think, has maintained across everything. The people who designed the park here, they, you know, the, they use the designer for the film, Stuart, who's, who everything comes from a place of authenticity and kind of reverence for the material. And so I just hope that continues and that cynicism doesn't creep in anyway. So that was just a little bit of a taste of uh, the the great uh, question and answer uh, little panel that we got to be a part of. And um, it, I threw in a little bit of the variety there, showing uh, the, the different questions that weren't necessarily Potter-related, because uh, that's one of the benefits that we get to have as being a part of these media panels. Um, it's not just strictly always straight on Harry Potter. So uh, there is a bunch of other great stories, uh, you know, or Dave is talking about some rugby experience that he, he got to have uh, people treating him like he was oh, the yeah. ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I know it's, it's terrible, well, but what was great about this though, is that, um, so there was like a Q and a Q&A session with the talent on multiple days. Yes. Um, and we saw that one and we saw one on Saturday and it, was different it was they were telling stories but it wasn't like oh i'm repeating the same story it was kind of like oh i thought of this thing again and i should say this you know and and you can really feel that with tom felton and jason isaac and warwick davis had a panel that he hosted as well that was also very engaging i felt he was I, well, I, last year I was like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I'll say that. So for the yeah, we got to. We'll we'll be there very quickly because that's that's only like twelve hours away at this point. Um, so yeah, after we got to be a part of this panel again, if you want to see the diverse questions that are asked, please go out and watch us. YouTube.com slash info. Then we moved on to the opening night event, uh, which um, you know they they told us that there was going to be major announcements happening at this and expect this big announcement um well basically what the opening night ceremony is is it is this big hype train that ends up leading to nothing um wh- while it, it started off very cool with the uh, frog choir all coming out mm-hmm. to uh to to sing for us and of course Oric davis joined them because in the movies he was professor phileas flitwick as i said before who was the conductor of the frog choir so he came out and led them in uh in a couple songs and then the event starts and essentially it's just a preview of everything that they're going to talk about during the weekend and everything you have an opportunity to see um from pottermore scholastic mina lima like literally just little blurbs yeah where they just tell you well this is gonna happen i'm and that's so excited happen. to be here we have something to talk about but you probably already heard it yeah, and uh, so this goes on for a solid, uh, a solid about forty minutes or so before finally the film talent comes out. Yeah. So this is the first real glimpse that these people are getting to actually see the film talent, and they they take the stage and they just do a little brief banter, and that but that's how it's kicked off. Um, it's 
honestly, this is it's interesting because this is like one of those uh, one of these events that like the first time uh, that they held this ceremony, it was I can't remember if it was the first or second, actually. So I apologize. But um, the like the first time I did it, I think I remember that's when they had a red carpet and all the celebrities walked down the red carpet to get to the stage. And it was mm-hmm. this big, exciting moment. And they even had a, a Ford Anglia drive out onto the stage too and it was that was the year that uh mark williams was there too from uh as i recall from my memory uh and it was just it was such an epic introduction to the event uh went into a full-blown q a williams arthur weasley oh okay and goes goes into this um it just goes into this big like it really kicks off the event well this not so much uh, not for me. That was actually the second year that that one happened. The first year, it was more like this, but then I had more extended Q&A in it. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, besides the final ending, this year, last year you guys got fireworks to like officially start the mm-hmm. ser- or to officially start the weekend. This year we got more confetti than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you don't understand. I, I like. It went out, it shot out, and I think you put a little, there's a video of that on YouTube yeah. as well, but it was just like never ending. It went on for probably like four or five minutes, Like, and I, I'm not exaggerating. Rock, all I could think was, is somebody going to, because the ground was then coated in this, yeah. like, what are like essentially one by one squares of shiny plastic material, and all I could think is, Somebody's gonna slip and fall on all this confetti now, and then I and then we were like, I feel bad for the person cleaning this yeah. up later. And the next day, when I was coming in in the morning at City Walk, I could see it on City Walk, and it had blown out of the park yeah. and into City Walk. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool uh, for all the opening night videos there. Of course, YouTube, go and check out those videos. We'll have them all linked uh, so you can find them easily. Um, this event should be big and exciting for the very first night. It falls flat for me. Um, you know, it was cool. It was cool to find out that the Forbidden Forest is coming to the WB Studio Tour London. Uh, but they need to stop teasing. Okay. The, I think the reason why I feel like it fell flat too is because they tease quite a bit throughout the thing. Yeah. The, big announcements, big announcements, and they're not big announcements. Last year, I uh, will argue that last year it was a big announcement. Last year was the announcement of the name of all the American schools. And if you're that's, really no, into Harry Potter, still not a big announcement. I don't know. Though. For me to be there and to have Luna, um, to have uh, my gosh, her name is escaping. This always Lynch. happens to me. Ivana Lynch um, reading a note from J.K. Rowling, and like, so you have like the person who is arguably the biggest fan, other than Alan Rickman, was and of the Harry Potter books from the movies reading a note written by J.K. Rowling and they're announcing like new information of the Potter world that we thought at that time might have been a bigger deal to do with the movie than it has been thus far other than just named in Fantastic Beasts. Like, I thought that was like kind of cool, exciting, but I don't, nothing, there was nothing no. there this year. Like, I don't care, I, I, not to say I don't care about the studio tour. Yeah, if I'm in London, I would, I would killed me on that no. to do that thing. But the majority of people I think attending this event are not. They're already Brits. on there. I think they're people that are already in America, right? And they're already on their vacation. And you're. Yeah. Tr- I hate when that happens on vacations. I hate. I, I I come from a family that scraped everything they could just to be able to go on a vacation, and I hate when people try to sell you another vacation while you're already on the vacation. Like, yeah. stop it. That you you are here to enjoy this moment. Don't keep trying to 
pressure me and push me somewhere else that's more and more grandiose. It's not like I don't need you to sell me an Adventures by Disney. I'm at Disney. You know, it's just one of those situations. So um, nothing really happened that night. But, uh, you know, it is a way to get the energy up and takes us into our second day. And uh, like I said, um, lots of panels happening throughout the day. The expo. Uh, was open from 9 a.m. to 3.30 that day, so very shortened times. Uh, we'll probably go over the expo last, just so you know, because that was where we spent a lot of our Sunday going over it. Um, throughout the day, uh, there was lots of stuff happening on the Universal Music Plaza stage, uh, right in Production Central at Universal Studios Florida, and then uh, other panels happened over in the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater in Toon Lagoon at Islands of Adventure, and uh, some of the highlights kind of included the uh, the first panel that you actually did, the WB Studio Tour London, uh, that was the Creatures Effects uh, with Nick Dudman and Warwick Davis. And I am so jealous I missed this event. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. This was an event where I was kind of like, meh, because I thought it was going to be like, here we are selling you the studio tour again. I think the the, the name of the event was mis... The, the panel, I think, was misnamed. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, it, it, it was like they did kind of talk a little bit about that, but the guy who is involved with it, he made the stuff for the film. So it's it's this um I can't remember his name. I think you Nick just Dudman. said it too. Um, Nick Dug- Dudman? Dudman. Dudman. As in Milk Dud man with a man. Um Nick Dudman and Warwick Davis, these are two people that actually worked in, you know, and on the movies yeah. and Warwick Davis obviously being such like a character actor and, you know, a goblin, he's very familiar with the process, you know, being an Ewok and everything like that. He's familiar with those special effects processes and the costumes and everything. And it was a very fluid conversation. What at the point where I'm sure that it was probably a little scripted out maybe, yeah. but it was still felt very intimate. It felt like that's the stuff I love because I wanted to go to school for special effects stuff like that yeah. for a while for the special effects makeup. And so I'm always fascinated to hear that stuff. And it didn't feel like the same old regurgitated stories that had I just Googled, I could have found. It felt yeah. like I... They had they treated us to like little new information, you know. Oh, we never thought to really say this before, but yeah. you know, like how they filmed Hagrid's part that was a big deal for yeah. this for me is how they talked about there was a double and they had to create a suit for the yeah. double. And, th- and then they showed us a scene from the film and they were like, Can you tell who's who in the scene? Because I bet you can't. And it, I couldn't, normally you can. And I was like, Oh, oh that's tricky. So I it was one of those where I was like, Oh, this is better filmmaking than those Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So I need to watch our video that you did on that yeah, so I can no, actually it was, see it. It was a really, really good panel. And that was the one where I was like, it was better than anything I saw last year. And that was that was new. This was this was one of the panels that they haven't done in years past. Bless you. And so this is like, I'm so upset that I didn't get to do this because my biggest complaint about going into this weekend was, gosh, I've done all this crap. Yeah. Um, like happening over on the music plaza stage throughout the day during this time too. um long combat skills with paul harris um i will go on another mini rant on this as i do all the time he was the one combat choreographer for uh film five the order of the phoenix he taught them the basic moves that he came up with and that's why he calls himself the world's only one combat choreographer and Basically, then, though, all the actors were told to kind of come up with their own flourishes and their own style. So basically, if you watch Order of the Phoenix, you can barely see any of the moves that he actually created in what they're doing. And so 
it really, to me, it's just like a filler event. I think it's the only thing that this guy does on a yearly basis. It was cool the first time, and it's cool for people who get like pulled into it and brought up, and they get to be on stage doing all this and have their, their back-and-forth battles. But it is one of those things about the event that's just getting a little bit old. Um, also, Mina Lima came back, and they were doing panels on all of their graphic art, um, which you know they, they created basically the look of the wizarding world. They're the ones who created all the logos. Um, it's, it's the Hogwarts train ticket, the Marauders map, like anything that has any graphic design element to it. They are the ones who touched it and their work is brilliant. And, um, you know, they did, they picked up and went along with everything for fantastic beasts. So, yeah. you know, at least they brought something new to the table this year with adding fantastic <sighs> beasts into it. I don't so. think you gave all over the photo, but it would have been cool. They, speaking of them and the fantastic beasts, um, you, we found, um, I think you saw that it was posted online or something like that, but we found that there is a uh, poster. If you've seen Fantastic Beasts, there's a scene because it's in the uh, in 20s New York City, um, right? Yeah, it's yes. New York. Yeah, sorry, one of those moments that all went away. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, where they go to this um, sort of speakeasy, like underground secret wizard club, and um, I forget uh, what it's called, something pig. Something with pig in the title. Um, but they added, outside of any of the Harry Potter... The blind pig. The blind pig. In in the uh, New York area, if you go down that street where the Blues Brothers are on, by the end of the street, um, toward the building for Transformers, they have a little stairway that kind of goes down, and on the, the window, on the door... I'm trying to fill time here. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, okay. They put the poster for it, and it's so... like It looks so natural. Like It goes there. Like I would have walked by that and never even have thought anything of it and and that's i think that's just like i love that that they yeah. like went in and added that in new york you know that's really cool i kind of hope that stays there too i hope it doesn't come down after yeah i haven't uh i haven't, been, I back haven't been back to check either but uh very little uh i, I love mina lima i love everything they do um very cool duo they were there again um also then a couple other panels that you and i did sit on on um, stories from the exhibition, taking the audio tour experience uh, to the world. And this was on the Harry Potter exhibition that has traveled around to so far nine countries. And it will yeah. go for 15 total or something like that. No, it's it's I, nine countries, 15 stops. Nine countries, 15 stops. Thank yeah, you. So like multiple yeah. locations in some countries. Um, yeah. So if you've been lucky enough to do the Harry Potter exhibition, um, you know, it, I, I, did, I did it. In I'm New sorry. York. This was just this was a it. bore of a panel. Yeah, the, I thought I, I think we went into this panel a few minutes late too. And yeah, just I a was little just bit. Like, I was kind of happy that we didn't see the whole thing because it yeah. was it was another one of those where I was like, I can't understand what Pierre is um, saying when he because he talks so like low and as soon as he talks really quickly and low and they you just like, to talk like and I'm, I'm, yeah yeah a little bit. So it's always it's hard for me to like. I like what he's saying, but it's really hard to get to what he's saying. And also, I thought like this version of this panel that he did last year was better because it sounded more like 
I think because last year it was geared to, toward how they built Diagon Alley. Yes. And and that was more exciting because it was like, okay, I've learned the story. I can go into Diagon Alley and see it now. Whereas, like, they're talking about the exhibition again. And yeah. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's great. The exhibition, you know, it, it gets all these film props in there. And, uh, you know, part of the big draw of this one was they were giving away a quaffle that was signed by uh, um, the, the, the Phelps the twins. twins. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if you have to give away something just to get people in there, maybe it's something that you should really think, rethink in terms of a panel. So uh, this was a bore, but the one that followed right afterwards is still in the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater. At this time, uh, on the Music Plaza stage, there was a film talent Q&A happening. We skipped this uh, because we wanted to see this one, uh, which was an interview with Mary Grand Prey. Uh, she is the illustrator on all of the books, the U.S. Scholastic Edition books, yeah. um, the the first ones, not the not the ones that have been re released now that were done by like Kobe Kaibiashi or I forget Kobe what Ashimaru. his name. Um, this is the the classic books that are still out and available, the ones that I grew up with, the ones that you grew up with. And while she was a very timid speaker and nervous. It was just really, really great to see all of uh, you know a good amount of her sketches that she was putting. Yeah, up. I thought I thought that was that was a real highlight for me. I love I love seeing. I mean, you love that kind of visual design too. Is yeah. it was just really cool. I never really knew the process, and unfortunately, I I had a question I was going to ask. I didn't get to it. Um, and it, I was just curious, like how beforehand they got to read. You know, yeah. and how she was inspired by it. But I'm assuming from the way she was talking about it that they just gave her the manuscript ahead of yeah. time. But um, yeah, it was really cool to kind of see the different versions and they had it like all laid out yeah. from front to back. And honestly, I don't know that I've ever taken the covers and unwrapped them and laid them down before because when you do that, it I, I found it very impressive because I think there was little details maybe I never noticed about the back or the inside cover or something like that, yeah. you know. And, that was neat, and and it was it was kind of cool, you know. It, 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 I will tell you the one most interesting thing from that panel that I learned though. She only ever met J.K. Rowling once. Yeah, that was was a nice little tidbit. Yeah, I was like, really, just the one time. So she never actually yeah. like dealt with her directly ever. So I was like, so it's weird. I wonder what it worked what it worked like for the UK release of the book. Like, did she get to know the person who did that, and then this is just the American person? It just seems like she's so involved in everything that it was weird to me. I bet she met Robert Galbraith, though, like many times. Is that the guy who did the British ones? No. I don't know. That was J.K. Rowling's pseudonym when she released that other book series. I thought it was the corn. Her name was something. Oh, gosh. It was was Robert Galbraith. I'm positive. No, there's another series where she's like, and and maybe it's the character's name, where she was the man, where she, she, J.K. Rowling's pen name. Um, and they're filming them. The Corman Strike. I I think it's the character's name then. Now now it's just going to be. Oh, you're right. That's the name. Calabreth. Robert Calabreth is a pseudonym for J.K. Rowling. Yeah. But oh, but she wrote the Corman Strike novels. I thought the last name was was Corman or something like that. Okay, gotcha. There we are. Okay, so this was very cool. We also have a full video up of this if you would like to watch it on YouTube. So we won't bore you with all those details now. It's very visual. Um, so if you're listening to this, it just would be a waste. You'd have to go watch it anyways. Uh, the night kind of wound up with uh, two more events. A house rally meetup costume contest. 
which I don't get into this. It was a chance for the people who were cosplaying to uh, really show off their costumes, win a prize. But apparently the way that you signed up to be a part of it was not really streamlined well, uh, not set up well. And they, you had to be there early, but they didn't tell people. And then also, I believe they only like picked their favorites. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, sign up. Like if you go to a convention, they usually do like a parade down the hallway or something like yeah. that. And I feel like that's what they should have done here. But because our friend the show, Ben, he was wearing a, a Ravenclaw Quidditch outfit, you know, and we were like, why didn't you? Why weren't you up there? You were better than one of the ones up there. Yeah. So it was, so kind of it was weird in terms of that. And the night ends with an evening tribute, uh, which they promised more announcements uh, because we didn't get them that first night. So this was going to be the night of the announcement. Uh, basically, to summarize this event, um, you know, on Friday night, unfortunately, uh, John Hurt, who played Ollivander yeah. in the Harry Potter film series, as well as, you know, and from Aliens, just, or Alien, not Aliens. Um, you, you know him uh, at this point. Henry you should know Jones him. Jones Jr. And, uh, you know, so it did start with a tribute to him. They just put up a picture of Ollivander, and uh, the crowd raised their wand to him, and uh, it was it was nice. Uh, this kicks off the 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 evening tribute that we think we're going to get all this exclusive information something it's a tribute there needs to be something good well basically uh the only thing to really get excited for was they showed a deleted scene uh deleted song from fantastic beasts and where to find them uh they really they announced that fantastic beasts would be coming out on blu-ray march 27th or something like that and on digital March 7th. And then we sat, as you mentioned earlier, then we sat through about a 40-minute long Q&A with the film talent, which... It was again, very exciting again. It was, it was because they answered different questions. They were all very excited. Jason Isaacs was on fire again with his questions. Um, if you missed out on any of the, the Q&A panels uh, throughout the weekend, I feel like if you showed up to the tribute, you got a great taste of what this what you can actually hear from them. Um, but as, as a tribute as a whole, again, this is a weak thing. This is, this is your Saturday night main event to show up to, and it's just kind of – it falls flat, and that's a, that's a lot of the story yeah. throughout all of this. So um, the next day, uh, well, basically throughout the day, all of the same panels that happened on Saturday were also happening today. The Warwick Davis panel with Nick Dudman, Juan Combat, uh, choreography, the exhibition, all, all of that was happening again. Uh, so Rhino and I spent this day really focusing on the expo. And so we are going to show you a little bit uh, of the expo as we um, as we talk about it. So, as I said, the expo was broken down into two sound stages, 33 and uh, 21. And inside 33 uh, was where they had the um, they had the scholastic, scholastic yeah. booth set up where they were uh, they were giving away posters and having drawings to win books. They showed off some of the fantastic beasts and where to find them costumes that are supposedly the ones they wore. Uh, they they showed off the Harry Potter exhibition, uh, some costumes that they brought from that that were uh, Quidditch costumes, and uh, you had the chance to throw throw your own quaffle through a hoop. We did not throw a quaffle through no, the hoop. I didn't put my hands on quaffle. Yeah, the the house of Mina Lima was here, and uh, they had 
a lot of their artwork on display as well as some of the props that they actually created for all of the uh, there's that pig the poster Potter films. yeah the blind pig the blind pig and you no know, i loved their little display cases that just had all these little mementos well in it felt them. like you were in a harry potter store when you were there yeah. like an authentic like i'm sure say a wizarding store yeah but i this, love this, their artwork the, the other highlight was this the, uh, uh, the the studio tour uh booth that they had set up um you basically you waited in line for a long time this line was getting to be like an hour to two hours yeah. um so but once you got in there you got to see them how they were uh putting hairs into the legs of one of the uh, spiders you got to see a hagrid costume and you got the chance to see the actual aragog that was used in the filming uh of harry potter which was just absolutely amazing that we got to uh, see that up close very very cool to see the special effects um of course they had plenty of merchandise that was all celebration of harry potter related because who doesn't want their event merchandise i didn't they had the uh, chocolate frog of course that was that for my gilderoy lockhart uh on it and just Craig got these if you're watching yeah the, uh, leggings. leggings i yeah. got i got leggings skin tight i like them they show off every imperfection on my <laughs> body uh and what more could you really want from life so yeah this for the first time i think in this event that soundstage didn't feel cluttered because they also had 21 which was offering uh a bunch of different things including uh, dead Hermione, which was so creepy. Petrified Hermione, yeah. <laughs> the flying Ford Anglia. Uh, there was this little quiz booth set up with um They called it Audible. Audible Recall, and it was like a game where you could you had to guess what um, was the closest, yeah. um, the Harry Potter, uh, yeah. what book it was coming from. And the- they were doing chalk art on the inside on the final day because of rain, but they also did chalk art on the outside. Uh, you had a, the first chance to see the Hermione Lego Dimension character as well as play with it. Um, if you're into Lego Dimensions, uh, I've, I'm not, but they I were, have it, but I haven't hooked it up yet. But this did get me excited watching uh, everybody. They were going crazy about this all weekend. It's something big. But the big thing in here that the line was getting up to three hours long was to test the Google Daydream VR uh, virtual reality system that was just out of control awesome yeah Uh, yeah and we'll talk more about that after we're done going over this there was a um some props from harry potter and the cursed child that they brought over and it was your first look detailed look because they'd never released photos of these but the wands used by the two main characters in this which was albus harry's kid and then i scorpius is it his wand I, i still couldn't figure it out I, I don't remember. There wasn't a plate, and they said it, but I couldn't hear what she said. So Probably why we should pay attention to things. But, uh, yeah, the, the Expos, um, I felt that this year was the best they've ever done, the Expos themselves. Um, I felt like there was a lot of different things. And, again, the VR was – we did get a little bit of help as being there for media. We didn't have to wait in the long line. Yeah. But, again, our friend uh, Ben and Lizzie – they did wait. I believe they said an hour and a half for it, and said it was worth every second. Well, they had they got a package deal, so there were several lines. There was a standby line. There was the all access package um, that you could have got. That that was the one like you could go to the party afterwards on Friday night, um, and they had that one. So they they also didn't even have to wait in the normal standby yeah. queue because there were two queues, and then there was like you, the sorting hat. You know, they did the sorting hat like they've done in years past before you went into the into the soundstage to find out what house you're in. And 
uh, fun, you know, fun stuff. Yeah. I, I definitely liked the that they divided it into two. Um, one felt a little more empty than the other one, but I'm oh, definitely yeah. glad they didn't cram the two together because it would like last year it was really hard to move around in the in the expo, and this one was definitely much larger and yeah. a better use of space. No, and I loved that I got the chance to meet Aragog up close and personal. Yeah, I actually thought that was really cool. So that was a really good This highlight. was we waited too. This yeah. was one where we did not get any special uh access. We waited an hour and I mean, but to get your picture with Aragog is just you can't it's pass massive. up that. It's like kind they make you stand right under him. It's like it's a little scary. Yeah, no, it, it was fantastic. I loved I loved how they had everything set up with the expo this year while I didn't feel the need to be in the expo for a long time um, because there is only so much to do. Uh, I felt like it was done really well. And that is the event in a nutshell. Um, no, this is the event in a nutshell. The, <laughs> I'm an event in a nutshell. Here I am in the Harry Potter in a nutshell. <sighs> That's a terrible accent. You yes. <laughs> so your, your thoughts and opinions on the event. Um, I see. I, I like. Um, okay, I don't. I can't really, I won't badmouth this event at all because it's a free event. You yep. just, I mean, yeah, That's obviously park admission, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just an event that goes on, you know what I mean? And it, you don't have to pay for anything while you're there if you don't want to, you know? Um, it's so, I, I really like that. So when you take that into account, like having celebrities from movies being able to go into those exhibits to see the wands from Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, you know, that they've never put out there before, you know, or, or um, see the spider, see Aragog, you know, um, do these panels, like, as an annual pass holder, like, that's, I think that's great for it me. Is. Like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't, you know, working for the Diz or anything, like, this is something I would probably, I don't know having already been that I would plan a vacation to come and go. Yeah. But let's say I still lived in Florida. Like I would probably be like, Oh, I'm going to um, go for a day at least. Um, I, I think, um, what kind of makes it worth it. Cause we kind of didn't talk about it cause we didn't go. But that first night is the party in Diagon alley that they close off and it's just for you and you can ride the ride and you get butterbeer and ice yeah. cream as part of snacks. the vacation. Package. Yeah. As the package, not just a regular ticket. So, yeah. um, that stuff that feels like, if I'm somebody who would plan a vacation here, I think that would be really cool. You know, yeah. um, I like it. I really do hope that maybe they get Jason Isaacs again. They need to make sure that the people they get are actually people that want to be here too. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see, uh, and I'm sorry, like Matthew Lewis is probably great. And I can understand, you know, the, these movies, they've, the first movie came out, you know, 17 years ago, 16 years ago. It's, I can understand where maybe this has been, he was like 10, you know, it's his whole life has been talking about this movie and he wants people to ask him about other stuff. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the Star Trek syndrome. It's just, you know, but he knows what he's going into, right? Like, <laughs> right. Hey, do you want to take part in the, uh, Harry Potter event? Mm, are they going to ask me about other things? <laughs> well, that's the, that's the other thing too, is that I'm like, they make a lot of money from doing this. So the yeah. least you can do is, be a little bit engaged, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I want more people that are like Warwick, Tom Felton, like Jason yeah. Isaac. I hope they kind of still strive to get some more mainstream yeah. people like that and maybe kind of expand what they're doing with the panels. And I, th I think a nighttime something needs to be done, though. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, here's, here's my take on it, and I'm going to be brutally honest um, about this event. I think it is a great event. I know diehard fans absolutely love this. They think it is 
an amazing experience uh, to be a part of. And I do agree. I, I had a lot of fun going this year. Um, and that's, I will say, I'm More not an, I'm not a diehard fan. I am an above average casual fan. Um, you know, I don't, I don't go on Potter more. I don't, I don't, and I don't engage in all of that stuff. Do I love the books and movies? Absolutely. Do yeah. I love the wizarding world? Of course. That's, they shaped my life more than, I don't know, like a lot of stuff. So they, it all means a lot to me. But uh, in this year, I think one of the changes they made by getting better uh, film talent to come, that really freshened it up. Still need needed something with Fantastic Beasts and where to find uh, yeah, them. I, I get a, it. That's they're, a really good point. They're starting to film uh, probably the next starting one. Starting production so on the next one, so it becomes difficult. I understand. It's After the films are over, it'll be easier to start pulling in those talents. Before I forget, too, you bring up a good point, because they did have a recorded message from Eddie Redmayne that was directly addressing Orlando. I'm going to read the audio book. Uh, oh, Orlando, sorry I can't be there with you. I want to I read, read your book. book. You're all doing it wrong. You're finishing your sentences. You've got to oh, not. You've got to just trail on. You've got to start sentences. Quite finished. <laughs> but um, and then they had the London cast of uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child also recorded a message. Yeah. So I did appreciate that from every yeah. active sector of Harry Potter's universe, they like the Wizarding World. They they did yeah. address that. But I do agree. They yeah. needed even if it was a minor. God, imagine uh, yeah. if they got Ezra Miller. Just as a side, anyone from the side, uh, they also, they need to make these nighttime events, the the Friday night opening and the tribute, they need to make them actually something of substance. They need to add a little bit more oomph into it. It's just, they fall flat. Uh, And I I know they they try and they've got to get all these, their sponsors, the people who are paying for their booths and stuff to come in. They have to give them their little bit of time. It just... This is for the fans. Do do an event for the fans. Don't do it because you're contractually obligated to show off Lego Dimension trailers and yeah, stuff yeah, like stuff that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. There's like, uh, um, region. And with that, with the expo, you know, it's great that people can come in and cosplay and stuff. The expo needs to start allowing uh, outside vendors come in and yeah we talked about that and, uh, yeah they they just need they need that outside source because like it all feels see, very corporate like when you go to like uh, megacon or 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 wherever you know a comic convention you you see a lot of local vendors or or artists or yeah. like people who so the harry potter puppet pals you know what i mean like the, yeah. you can get those puppets like you know you can get the stuff that you would find on etsy you can get jewelry that's inspired by harry potter like i understand universal wants there's they make the official stuff, but then I love like um fan art. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's always a great thing. And now Disney's doing their Festival of the Arts where they've brought in people that are inspired to, you know, they're Disney artists now because they've been inspired. Like I think Universal needs to tap into yeah, that a little they, bit. Too. They need they need the outside Because like I want to buy um, stuff. You just don't have stuff that I want. And just at a general, because we mentioned it, they were talking about how can we expand this event? How can we make it bigger? Because it is a hit. People keep coming back to this event. Should they do it multiple times throughout the year? Absolutely not, in my opinion. They don't. No, no, no. They no. already are just scraping the bottom of the barrel for substance, for stuff to do. Um, the, these panels needs to be refreshed. Again, Mina Lima came with new art this time because of Fantastic Beasts. That's great. Paul Harris needs to not come back again for a while. They have, he's, he's all tapped out. He's dry. It's, 
it's you know get him a new jumpsuit get if you want repeat people coming to this event you have to start offering something new they did a little bit of a better job of it this year they need to do a a better job the next time around in terms of that and until they can like really pack a good solid weekend full of entertainment activities for everyone i would never tell them to start thinking about expanding it to multiple weekends throughout the year um and that's that's my opinion on the event i had a really good time it actually it was it was a weekend that i didn't expect to have so much fun and i'm pleasantly surprised that i got to um but they can still go a long way to make improvements for the next one around uh, next year because it will be back. Trust me, it will be back. So that's kind of our look at a celebration of Harry Potter 2017. I hope you all, uh, you know, if you didn't get to be there, I hope you you enjoyed hearing our little taste of it and maybe it inspired you to finally go and see the next one next year. So, and if not, you know, maybe we saved you some money on uh, planning on coming down. I don't know. You'll have to tell us. Um, and, you know, there's multiple ways of telling us, like going to our show notes page, disunplug.com, and that's where you can find links to email us, our social media pages, everything, as I say every week. Um, I What are you? Video contributor. Yeah, you know, that's where you can sign up to be a video contributor. Uh, we are starting the process of uh, sending emails out to the people who were chosen as video contributors. Um, and if anyone out there is still trying to sign up, please, we need to see a link to a video you do. Uh, it can't just be I like submitting it. an application saying, I want to do that. We need to see... We, I mean, we need to see what you have to bring to the table. Um, otherwise, we can't really make that judgment call. Um, and, you know, if you didn't include a video link in uh, your first submission, I've been trying to email people that didn't have that. Uh, if you didn't, feel free to message us anywhere. Send us an email with it so that way we can start seeing it and hopefully start getting your videos up there very, very soon. Um also, along with that, we uh, have a request. Um, we are trying to plan a upcoming show on some of the ticket options that are available for Universal. Uh, you know, we are all annual pass holders here, so we don't have a lot of experience with going and buying day tickets. So, in particular, the one ticket that we are looking for more information on is the uh, the ticket that is a round trip uh, round trip ticket i i don't know the way to say it it is essentially a round trip ticket to and from walt disney world so if you're staying at walt disney world you get your transportation included as well as your park admission so it's a it's a it's one of the many options that you can find through dreams unlimited travel of course our sponsors and uh you know we we talk about that a lot. So um, you know, there's there's two different options for these tickets. There's a one day two park ticket with transfer that's one hundred ninety four dollars thirty cents for adults, um, and then there's a two day two park ticket with transfers that's two hundred eighty five dollars and fifteen cents for adults, um, and of course pricing for children as well. That's a little bit discounted. Uh, basically, each ticket's about five to ten dollars cheaper than before. So. Uh, you know, if anyone out there has used these tickets and you could help us with your experience, how the process worked um, from uh, 
which hotels were you staying at to how you got your bus, how you boarded, how you actually made it over to Universal, what the pickup times were like, were there certain, you know, all of that information we really want to know uh, so we can understand and then help if, you know, you had a good time with it, we can help recommend it in the future. So please, if you have any experience at all with it, please, please, please uh, go ahead and shoot us an email, uopodcast at disunplug.com. If you forget that, Go to disunplug.com. You'll be able to find our email address. Um, I've already said uh, follow us on social media, so make sure uh, you also are subscribing to us on YouTube as well as iTunes, leaving us reviews, feedback, all that good stuff. Again, it angers us when we see really negative feedback, but we still appreciate it nonetheless. Any engagement is good engagement. So thank you to Every single person out there who just took the time to watch or listen to it, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you to the gentleman in the room with me for this mm-hmm. little fun conversation that we had. And we will be back with you next week, not for a live episode. I do apologize, but Mr. Rhino Clavin will be out of town. So we will have a pre-recorded episode of our first experience at Universal Mardi Gras. Which starts- bon time we Oh, I said yeah. that wrong. I said that No, you wrong. didn't. You didn't. Laissez les bon temps rouler. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let the good times roll. We will be bringing you our coverage this Saturday night, And who February gets the 4th. most beads? Tune in. Bees? Bees. Bees. Oh, okay. Bees. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. This Saturday night, uh, follow us along. I'm sure we'll be going many times because of how they've changed the event. So, Look forward to that coverage next week. But, yes, we will be back with you next week for another episode. Hit that music. Uh, resolution. Going to have to wait. Already over. So, bye. Whoops. Whoops.